there's an area called Blood Mountain. The pilots know where to drop our load. We just go get it. Where's the duffel? The bear. Hey, well said. What? A bear did cocaine. Just play dead. The bear. It loves cocaine. Go! Cocaine Bear. Only in theaters. We did R. All right, Dave. I wanted to kind of catch you off guard because we just uh, did a recording for uh, the shop around the corner for our podcast, Offscreen Death. Mm-hmm. But I'm uh, reformatting something on projecting film for Cocaine Bear. Okay. It does not mean that I will watch or view Cocaine Bear, at least not <laughs> for a full podcast. But I wanted to get your opinion because I realize. Uh, as we were discussing, hey, here's some new releases coming out, <clears throat> that you have now adopted Kentucky mm-hmm. as uh, your residence. And Kentuckians are very proud. Uh, and <laughs> this is the city, Lexington, Kentucky, where you can see the actual cocaine bear yes. on display. And I believe we'll be at local theaters yep. for <laughs> the opening weekend of this. What do you make of this fascination and or the movie, if you have any thoughts on the movie? Which I just discovered that uh, Elizabeth Banks is directing yeah. it. I didn't realize yeah. that at all. I only knew that because I listened to when she was on uh, WTF with Mark Marin, and she had mentioned it. And I was like, oh, I had no Making idea. Making the rounds for yes, oh, Cocaine yeah. Bear. Okay. Yep. Yeah, why not? Um, so, context. Um, when One of the first times I visited after your wedding, um, I think it was the trip after that, we went to some... Some spot where you could buy, like, you know, Lexington t-shirts and all that kind of jazz, right? It was like a farmer's market type setup, like swap meet type setup. I believe they like call that. it the uh, the Kentucky Fun Mall, uh, <laughs> but the place itself uh, admittedly does call it that, ironically, because it's basically their warehouse yes. for uh, their t-shirts. They're in their sort of printing press and all that, screen printing uh, but yes, I even saw that today because there was an Instagram post. <laughs> they got robbed. And so they said, anyone coming to the fun mall, we don't Be have careful. any cash on hand. Be careful. <laughs> um, and when we went there, there was like a little stand, you know, with the story uh-huh. of the cocaine bear. And I, my mind was blown. Like, I was just like, is this real? Is this a real thing? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. People here can't get enough of the fucking cocaine bear. Like, that's, so I was like entranced by this story. Um, and I gotta be real. I'm kind of annoyed by this movie. Um, all the tra- cause it, you know, of course they prop it up like based on a true story. And like, here's the true story. Um, a big, huge brick of cocaine was dropped in an emergency landing. Uh, a bear ate it and its heart exploded and they found it. That's it. That's the whole story. Uh, can't really make a good movie out of that that's longer than about 12 minutes. Um, so there's all this fucking nonsense that Elizabeth Banks and whoever wrote this probably terrible movie, uh, so they kind of fill it in. And it feels like, I don't know, I don't know if disrespectful is the right word, but it is a little like, uh, what a are little we? bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't, it's a little, um, it's the snakes on a plane version yeah, of this. Yeah, exactly. Amusing exactly. slash sad story of a bear going on a very brief bender that, right. that killed him. And there were the, the memes before that said, you know, for those, you know, 30 seconds uh, after it swallowed that bag of cocaine, it was like the most fearsome apex predator <laughs> on the planet. And it's just they're extrapolating out. Right. And we're going to have 100 minutes of that. Like of this bear going on a rampage. 95. Attacking. <laughs> that still may be pushing it. But... <laughs> may? 
it's pushing it. I can tell you. And everyone who's in this movie, I just feel like, guys, what what poor choices have you made to end up here? Isn't Ice Cube's kid in this movie? Like, how did you? Come yeah, O'Shea Jackson. And I like him. I like him as an actor Carrie quite a Russell. lot. Um, yeah, how do you go from the Americans to this? <laughs> like, well, then you start getting down to like uh, the failed uh, young uh, Han Solo, and you can see like, okay, okay, okay that makes sense. He's, okay, he's sure. Down the road. And even uh, respectfully, uh, Ray Liotta makes sense in any movie. <laughs> Where cocaine, if you're doing any sort of homage to Goodfellas, perfect, perfect. You, yes, you can yes. include Ray Liotta, and he can go big. Uh, like I said, not speaking ill of the dead, but yes. Was uh, this the his, rest of them are kind wait? Of, is this his last? Ooh, man, what a what a precipitous fall this is. You mean if we uh, did like a I am to be known for? Are you rooting against Miss Banks? Are you rooting against a female filmmaker oh, saying you don't here want? Here we go. You don't want Ray Liotta to have known for Goodfellas and Cocaine Bear. You don't want Cocaine Bear to be one of the four. Squares. I don't. I'm just gonna say it. I don't. I'm rooting against the beautiful blonde Elizabeth Banks. That's that's who I'm rooting against. I'm here, sorry. this may comfort you. Okay. There are at least there's at least one other uh, 2023 release called Fool's Paradise. Uh, it's going to be a posthumous release. And then three other things, the oh, substance, dangerous working. waters and clash. So probably not cocaine bear. as right. the final. Woo. Thank goodness. Cause this <laughs> movie says, looks like a mess. Dave has no idea what dangerous waters is. <laughs> fine. Just hoping it's not it's cocaine better. bear. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I will tell you this is that if I do see this, I kind of want to go to like the Kentucky theater where they have the cocaine mm. bear. <laughs> that's go big cool. or go home yeah man mm-hmm. you're gonna fucking i'm not gonna see this at regal or you know some other like smaller chain let's just go to the kentucky theater and take a picture with the bear it's one of those things that sort of reeks of we're trying to manufacture a cult classic yes and it never works like yeah, snakes never. on a plane did not work nope. for all the, the the jokes leading up to its release by the time it arrived it didn't do business. Yep. And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know in the post COVID market what will hit or not, but the trailers look very try hardish. I think actually the trailers are where I turned against it. Like when I heard they were making a movie about cocaine bear, I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. There, there could be a fun story to tell there, but it just looks so, it looks like slapstick horror more than anything else. And I'm like, I don't really need to see that. <laughs> Did you want the, Dark and gritty, like yes. there's a cocaine bear stalking you in the woods. That that already sounds better, Mike. <laughs> well done. Yes. Or the whole movie from the perspective of the bear as it's slowly losing its mind and its heart explodes. Now that I'm looking would watch. for helicopters in the sky. <laughs> yes. As, you know, trying Play, to get from one played, mistress to the next. Played by Ray Liotta in a bear suit. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Mike. Tell me that doesn't sound better than the trailer that you it saw. Is better. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, this is just like an offshoot of uh, Midsummer, where it's just like you know, it's a different bear ritual. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Now we're uh, getting somewhere. Cocaine Bear <laughs> was kind of a shitty boyfriend. Uh, and he doesn't learn his lesson, so he just takes it out on, you know, female camp counselors or something. If you want to go. There you go. Genre. There you go. Um, so I'm attaching this to a prior recording I did. Way back in the War Machine versus Warhorse days, Ooh. when we covered the Edge, and I was re-listening to it oh, yes, because yes. I thought, "What is it about that movie that I 
kind of a guilty pleasure way rewatch more often than I should. Uh, and I mentioned it on a discussion that we had about David Mamet when we covered the verdict mm-hmm. on off-screen mm-hmm. death, where producer calls him up, says, you got anything? And he said, <laughs> eh, I've always wanted to see two dudes fight a bear. And then that was <laughs> the impetus behind that movie's creation. Maybe it's the simplicity is what well, I admire about it. And it's like, yeah, it's a quote unquote guilty pleasure, but. Especially compared to something like fucking Cocaine Bear, it's it feels a little more gritty and a little more realistic. Like you, you, it's a survival story as opposed to kind of something ridiculous. Where it, I could see the bear uh, being an interesting double feature. With did you ever see Bat Country? Did you ever see that? You're movie? right on the nose because when we uh, when I released this Edge conversation, that was the new film. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> thank God for podcast syndication. <laughs> There's a backcountry reference uh, when uh, Chris Maynard and uh, Shane and Connor and I discussed this. Oh, perfect. Um, Perfect. Just ignore that. You know, just imagine that it's Cocaine Bear or that it was all planned. Dave came in with notes and we're not just riffing here. (laughs) That's right. Yes, yes. I was very prepared. I am a professional. (laughs) But this last eight minutes and 50 seconds is all new material. And everything else, even if you listen to it, it's probably new to you because that was 20... 15, 16? Yeah. Nobody's sticking around that long. And if they did, they're not going to remember. (laughs) Yeah, no one commits podcasts to memory, even myself. I was like, didn't I do something about a bear movie? Didn't I have like a triple feature? There. Scroll through. There it is. Play. (laughs) With new clips, of course. And luckily you could just search bear and it'll pop up because Mm -hmm. there you have the title of the film. God bless. Love David And we also talk about, you know... Uh, bears in the queer community of course yeah that's so can't wait for that (laughs) (laughs) dave you probably already listened to this and you probably already had the same criticisms probably but it'll feel (laughs) new because i will have forgotten everything that you said and that i have said (laughs) so if you enjoyed this and you want to hear fresh material until we go into syndication uh please check us out on off-screen death where i don't think we have any bear movies yet not yet not looked at the soon sight and sound list i don't know if one is broken through but we'll see cocaine bear will be on the next sight and sound list so we'll be fine i think Mid- midsummer probably has a better yeah better chance Ugh. sad but true not a fan dave you know, like uh, well, that is a Florence long. Pugh that's getting... a longer discussion. I love Florence Pugh. I do not like Midsummer. <laughs> you heard it here first. Dave hates the Pew. Hates Elizabeth Banks uh, because she's a director. She needs to stick all to these, uh, all these acting blonde, comedies. Pretty women. I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the trailer for The Edge. You want to die out here? I don't think it'll work, Charles. Oh, I'm going to kill the bear. Believe it, Bob. Run off to the bear. Slap it. Slap it. Slap, slap, slap. Run! I'm going to kill the bear. Say it again! I'm going to kill the bear. Say it again! I'm going to kill the bear! Say it! You want to die out here? Blood! I'm going to kill the bear. And again! I'm going to kill the bear! Yeah! You want to die out here? No, Charles. I'm going to kill the bear! Blood! Goddamn right. What one man can do, another can do. What one man can do, another can do. And again! What one man can do, another can do. And again! What one man can do, another can do. Yeah! Today, I'm gonna kill the motherfucker. And again! I'm gonna kill the bear. Say it again! I'm gonna kill the bear! Say it! You wanna die out here? No, Charles. I'm gonna kill the bear! Blood! You're goddamn right. Today, I'm gonna kill the motherfucker. So we're talking about bears. Is that what we're bears? talking about?
Yeah, this isn't nearly as sexy as I thought this episode was going to be when you said we were going to do a Bears episode. In, in what uh, way, no. Chris? I, I don't want to jump in. Just tell me oh, what you larger mean. Larger gentleman, maybe with little hair, beards, that kind of thing. That's kind of what I was picturing. <laughs> oh. We'll get there. Episode 200. <laughs> That's going to be our big spectacular. That's actually going to be our finale. <laughs> well, I thought the 100 was our, it was supposed to be our incest special, but we missed that mark, so. I mean, 150 is just around the corner, you know, just in a couple months. We'll be, we'll be ready. Um, I, uh, I, I've always been an apologist for the edge and I've, I've had this argument like multiple times with people when I'm like bring it up because it's a movie that I think some people have seen bits and pieces of like it's one of those like that played on TNT and they were like what is this stupid shit and they didn't watch all of it I don't know if that I ever like you know changed their hearts and minds about this film so I'm going to toss it to you two first before I make a fool of myself had you seen The Edge before and were you as big a fan as Uh, this was the third time that I've seen The Edge uh (laughs) Okay, First time right. I saw it, I just kind of didn't really take much note of it. I don't even think I knew who Mamet was at that point in time, really. Um, aware of really? him kind of thing, but not really his film work so much. Um, so you had, uh, had you seen at I'd least seen Glengarry Glenn Glenn Ross, Ross, like but I don't think I'd seen okay. The Spanish Prisoner yet at this point. Um, I didn't okay. know a lot of his stuff. So the sort of the association between it, I, I don't remember seeing this film and his name really meaning anything to me at the time. It wasn't until I read Art Linson's book uh, where he talks about um, this screenplay. And then I went, that's when I saw it the second time um, because he just trashes this movie and trashes the screenplay and Mamet and the whole process of it. And so it gave me a sort of an opportunity to go back and I enjoyed it a lot less seeing it through Art Linson's eyes. And now I've had this like this separation from it and I actually came back around to it and kind of enjoyed the movie for the third time a lot more than I did the second time, which is strange, but I guess it's been a, enough time that I had that sort of, uh, his opinion of the film and the making of it sort of out of my a, mind. A couple of, tell me about Bruce Willis. Who is the character he plays in this? Who well, is it? That yeah. He plays? Yeah. We're going to see him in this scene. You mean from the book? Yes. From the book. It's, no, no. Uh, I mean, his character in oh, this his film. character. He's just the, uh, he's Bruce Willis. Okay. I mean, he's, that's who he is. He's All Bruce right. he's Willis. He's an actor playing Bruce Willis. Playing, playing Bruce this Willis, role. who decided to have a beard and was a little overweight because he thought it was good for his character. All right. Roll tape. Here it is. want to know it's you, Bruce. They expect it. And we're talking about a lot of money here. And all what are you things. talking about? They're not going to recognize me, Ben? Oh, where'd Bruce go? Huh? Can't see Bruce no more. Oh, well, where's my favorite movie star? Oh, look, there he is. I see him right there, the guy with the beard. Yeah, yes, but there's a, you know, this is a certain demographic that has to be served, Bruce. That's the business. You have to do it. You have to respect that. I mean, that's just a fact. It's about falling in love with a hero. There's a tradition to this stuff, Bruce. There just is. So that's what oh, I'm trying see. to tell you. I see. We're talking you. about pussy. More or less. I understand. I understand. Pussy's good. Let me tell you a funny story. I've been growing this beer for six months. I've been knocking off trim 24-7 and never one fucking complaint. Maybe we should Shut the fuck to- up, Cal. Hollywood producer, my ass. I should have seen his mentality coming. Really. Should have seen it coming. Never a doubt. Never a fucking doubt. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. Oh, Bruce. 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 Come on. 
You want to talk about integrity? Let's talk about Yeah, let's talk about integrity. Let's talk about some right, fucking let's integrity. Go. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about integrity. <laughs> That's a real scene that you that was a real experience <laughs> yes, somewhere in the in my life deep recesses of your life. <laughs> it's I always like to see integrity get mixed up with money. <laughs> and sex. And sex. And, sex. Yes. Yes. and eating. <laughs> I think he's way too close to the movie because I don't know what he had in his head as far as how it should have turned out. I think the, the director he was working with here basically this was like his first chance to like make some money. Was it like it the the way our once for was, heroes guy? Yeah, he actually had like a Hollywood budget and like a studio behind him, so he kept saying, uh, "More money, please!" <laughs> like I would like, you know what? I would like to sign up for some of that money that I've heard about. Uh, which I'm I'm not going to knock the guy. You know, take take your shot. This is your one shot at a studio film. And then there's of course the uh, the infamous uh, Alec Baldwin story where he showed up with a right. beard and then refused to shave because he basically he was afraid that he was overweight and so he didn't you know he wanted the beard which with this type of movie uh you know a survival story about uh three dudes who crash in a plane well i guess four yeah. but the first one goes <laughs> second quick. one's not far behind <laughs> no. second one's not far behind uh, so you've got Baldwin and Hopkins there. You you want to see the dudes grow the beard? You know, you want to yeah, see that's them. In the, this is that's in 2015 Hipsterland, where the beards are all over the place. You know, this this is back in the what was this 98? Yeah, So the beard has come a long way since then, and they they were hiring you know the pinup man that was Mr. Baldwin, and they wanted this uh, particular face on there, and then he's trying to hide it because he had put on more weight mm-hmm. than they had expected, and so. Yeah, I can see them saying, no, no, we paid for that face. We're going to see it. But that's what I'm saying. I think the producer is, this case, Linson is so close to, like, just the headache that this film was that he can't see it for what it is. I don't know if this was ever going to be a great movie, but for me, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I don't I don't know. I mean, it establishes that. Uh, Shane, what about yourself? Had you seen this film before? I think you were live tweeting it uh, earlier. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess it was probably, I don't know, I've seen this four or five times at this point. Uh, and it's, right. I, I caught multiple versions of those TNT showings Mike was talking about earlier, as well as, you know, when it first came out. And this is one of those, like, it is a ton of fun, but it, it rides a, a sort of an awkward line between a pure popcorn movie like John Wick, and then you get, like, those really dramatic moments where they're trying to be a serious film out in the wild. Uh, and it gets a little muddled in that sense, but it's still one that every time I turned in, like, I, I, I'll laugh at this movie, I'll enjoy it. Like, it, it's just a fun ride to take. Uh, and I don't know, it's, and, uh, and every time I, like, it catches me off guard on rewatch, like, you know, the, the Michael from Lost, I'm like, what the hell is he doing in this movie? Like, no, no, this is just Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin here. Like, let's get to the good part. Like, go ahead and eat him, Bear. I'm ready to move on. I guess they avoid the uh, racist uh, horror movie trope of the. Well, you uh, knew he was going to die. Black as soon as that plane crashes, you well, knew he was going to be the first one to go. But what I'm saying is the pilot okay. technically goes first. So I guess they, they skirt that, but it still, you know, it still has kind of slightly <laughs> racist sort of undertones there, which it shouldn't be because he's just not a, a star. You know, th- those are your well, two stars. The movie just needs to get down to Anthony Hopkins versus Alec Baldwin. That's what I mean. And they're just getting right. rid of everybody else that's in the way of that film. Mm-hmm. But uh, in keeping with our new format, where we go back and forth. And when I was watching the bear, which I had not seen. And I was watching it this afternoon, uh, paid my two ninety nine on, uh, Amazon prime to, to get this, um, 
I was always under the assumption it was like a family film, like a Disney oh. film. Oh, in, in, Fra- in France, this is a family film. Yeah, I, I watched this when I was like eight, and I didn't remember I had seen it until I turned it back on for this viewing. I was like, oh, shit, I remember that little bear. And then it's like, when later into it, I was like, this is some graphic shit to be watching when you're like, <laughs> you know, seven or eight, and these dogs hitting rocks and like, oof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah who, who brought this over? Was this, did Disney bring this, import this for the American release, or was that, is that just me misinterpreting? Well, he was playing, the director, was, I don't know if Disney brought it in, but I know that he was intentionally trying to make a live action version of Disney films. Uh, the opening is straight out of Bambi, more or less, when you, with the mother dying. Um, and then. Hated that. Can I oh, yeah, oh, okay. stop right there? The, the rock. <laughs> we got this fucking bear that's as big as a goddamn house. And the way you're going to kill it off is <laughs> some rocks hit it on the head. Uh, I, I was against this movie. I was so against so it. So you, you weren't against it because the emotional sort of journey of this young cub losing his mother, you were against it because you needed something no. tougher to come along to kill Mama Bear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Show some damn respect. That thing was huge. It's a beautiful creature. And a rock hits it on the head. I hated it. Hated that. I could not wait until Bart the Bear showed up again. I was like, when does Bart show up? I, I want to see Bart. That's what I'm paying Okay, going for. back and forth, uh, just, we'll get, just because yeah, you said yeah. the Bart thing. Did that credit bother you at the end, the Bart the Bear credit being the first pop-up? For the edge? Yeah. Uh, no, I I read uh, in researching this, which there wasn't a whole lot <laughs> to really research, but that uh, there was a review. I saw that on, it was on Wikipedia. Ebert, so I read that. Where he made a huge deal about it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, respect for the dead and all. But also, you know, Ebert, respect for Bart the Bear, who's also passed on. <laughs> He's the fucking star of that thing. Well, I think that just in case you didn't get the tone of the film, like, because there are those sort of serious moments that happen in Mammoth films, but you're, there's a joke underneath it. And he played the movie completely straight. So I think that that credit is kind of letting you in on the joke. I think that's the point of it. And I'm not so sure he caught that. But um, It wasn't the, a he, joke to me. I didn't catch it. I, I just am like, yeah. He's he's the above the line title. If there's not Bart the Bear, this movie doesn't exist. It stays in Mammoth's like stupid fantasy land. Like this is just all made up bullshit. Like I, I don't know. Like it, <laughs> it wasn't so much in watching The Edge because I have such fun with that film. But I will admit, during my time with the Bear, uh, you know, Shane mentioned The Edge being muddled when it started getting into like the the cub dream sequences where yeah. it's like these killer frogs, like yes. claymation frogs. I reach for my phone and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look up YouTube videos of Bart the Bear. Until <laughs> Bart the Bear comes back, I, I, that's what I want to see. And, and That was the director's version of Dumbo, apparently, where he was trying to do the sequence where, um, the, where the Dumbo gets drunk and has the fantasy about the mom, that kind of thing. So, but dude, Dumbo gets drunk. Like what? That bear just dreams that stuff. Like, what? I mean, I've been, it'd been, you know, 20 years since I'd seen this movie and I picked a shitty time to like reach for my beer. Cause like I look back up on the screen during the dream sequence. I thought my fucking monitor broke on me. I was like, Oh God, no, what's going on here? This is terrible. And like, you know, of course the sequence ends and you go back to something you can actually look at without like your eyes wanting to bleed. But like, yeah, those sequences. That I, well, you only got one or two of them, but they were rough. It was like, oh god. I mean, it, you know, it's an interesting sort of you know flourish to it, I guess. But um, I, I don't know if it really works outside of his, I guess, reference points. Like, if you have to explain, here's what I'm trying to do. I, I don't like with Dumbo. You know, that's actually you know a part of the story that's within context. And here, I'm like, are, are you saying that the cub 
thinks this or dreams this or he, you know, like, cause there's, as Shane said, it, they go back to it. There's other sort of visions that are had. And I mean, I don't really want to see my Disney, the bear film with the bear, like tripping balls, like half the time. Like, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it, it didn't work. I, I thought tonally the rest of the movie works when it's just the, the older bear sort of adopting this, this cub, this orphan. Uh, I did have one other complaint, which is that the cub makes these like human noises. Like they had some like actual <laughs> yeah. human making cub sounds, which you don't do for the other animals. So I, I thought that was kind of off putting. I didn't like when they, they sort of took me out of, uh, I guess what we see now is just like a Disney nature doc. Mm-hmm. Cause these are real animals. So just keep it, you know, keep it real, man. Like what are you, what are you doing with the, the Dumbo stuff? Yeah. I, I think specifically the scene where the, the bears fall in the river at the end and like the mountain lion is stalking him. Like the yeah the human voice over there was like really getting on my nerves because it's just mm-hmm. a long sequence and like it's just like kind of labored human breathing when the bear's trying to swim. It's kind of whimpering. Yeah, it was moaning. that was weird. What did you uh, What did you guys think about the hunters in the film? I, th- I mean, I thought they were fine. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't necessarily uh, like. Is this was this originally a French film? Yes. yes. So, was this some sort of really poor, like, um, you know, English dub that we were getting? Or Because it seemed awkward at times, and I couldn't really tell. Mine was in French. Was it? Yeah. Well, Amazon uh, Instant Video gave me, it was, they were, you know, speaking English, and I'm like, this looks fucked up. But it's like, I recognized, um, I guess, the younger Hunter. Uh, He's a character actor that's popped up in, like... Uh, different, I think, crime film. So I was like, I recognize the guy. So I'm like, I can't really tell if he's, and it, it would cut awkwardly too. It would like cut away when there was dialogue. So I don't know if my version is different from the one you saw. But at, least like, I th- at least I think it was. I, I read something about how the idea was that they were just animals called man was to portray them in that sort of a distant way. So I think that might've been part of the reason they were going with this sort of hmm. lack of clarity in it. I don't know. I mean, it's, that's interesting, but it just, it made me, want to get back to Bart the Bear. I, I didn't want to spend you know more time with these guys. I, I think the arc is like a kid's film is very on the nose. And Well, yeah, it's supposed to be a kid's film, but you have uh, more dog death in this one, I guess. Yeah, that's that's the weird... That, I, that, that I seems guess the cultural difference. Yeah, yes, yes it is. <laughs> with these important questions that are posed early, like, uh, should we be making a movie in which they show a dog being shot? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> well, something like that know, that becomes such a big issue. It becomes a well, yeah, and, and, and an issue, actor who but, won't work and whatever. Yeah, but these issues are always about money, you yeah. know. So it's like you know, uh, Hollywood would shoot anything if it was if that's what they would <laughs> shoot. Ten dogs. Oh my god, line money. them up. They, they, they <laughs> knock kennels off. It was going to make money. The horror is like, my god, you know. I thought this was art. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, you know, so no, not it's, art? there's no, there's no, art. Is this not art? Art for art's sake. <laughs> art for art's sake. Yeah. Art's bank people. account. Yeah, yeah. Sake. Yes. Yeah. People you can shoot. You know, so somebody, can make money. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody actually said, you know, you know, what parts did you have to exaggerate and uh, you know in this movie to make it and i said i said every bit of it is true i said we actually had to leave some stuff out because nobody believe it you know it's like there's nothing here really that i in some form haven't any of us have not witnessed yeah so if you have to i mean this would have been a better pairing with uh, hachi perhaps huh 
for the dog dies because the dog dying in this one was just rough. The dog. I mean, it was graphic, but you didn't really have any time to get that attachment. You got the one little scene where the dog swims to the shore and they yeah. bounce around, puppy, bounce around, and then you know, cut scene dogs on a rock. It's like you know. God. Yeah, I, I think Shane's right because that's. I see your point, Chris, but I also didn't have that emotional response like I did with Hachi because it's like he's you know dog number seven. Yeah, well, that, my first did, thought was let's watch that? Bart whip those other six asses. It was like yeah. I think we did that one with John Wick. And they yeah. spent about much time, as much time with the dogs in this film as they did as the ones with uh, John Wick. But, I mean, this propelled the act. Then that, it propelled yeah. the action. But so. Daisy was John's last link to humanity. I was going to say, yeah. that dog had a presence throughout John Wick. That was that dog was the angel of death, sort of on, <laughs> on Wick's shoulder. Um, <laughs> Sorry. At least in my version. Yeah, let's talk about John Wick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is... Um, you know, I, having not seen the bear, this is a, a kind of a tough comparison between the two because they, you know, the premise of our show is that they, they take a similar theme in different directions. And this, it's the, I guess the only similarity is Bart the bear. Uh, there's, you see the bears hunted or you see the bear as the hunter. Uh, I mean, other than that, I don't know which one, which one gives you better bear. And I, would have bet that the bear, based on what I knew about it, where they kind of just followed them around like a documentary, I would have thought that was a better bear movie, but I actually feel like The Edge is. Like, I, I don't know if it's just because Hopkins, like, just speaks with such reverence for the bear that I feel like this is a movie about the bear more, even though he's killed off before, you know, the, the third act. You know, that's the end of the second act. Right. Did you not feel that way, Chris? Because I felt like if I'm going to go to you know my label B on the shelf for bear films, I'm pulling down the edge before I do the uh, the bear again. Well, I'm pulling down backcountry before both of these, honestly. Um, okay, but- let's. I just I have actually seen that, and I know where you've got the interview. We're not going to talk about it. My only issue with backcountry is that it's not Bart the bear. That bear is ugly. It's hideous. That <laughs> is definitely the black hat villain bear. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's how that's how that's how I want my bear. No, 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 no. My bear evil, mean, and fucked up, and it's gonna kill me like bears do. Yeah, I think I just want my bear to be more like a a gentleman in a duel. And it felt like in the edge, even though he is the one hunting them, and he's definitely you should be scared of him. There's something so beautiful about him. He's like the Brad Pitt of bears. (laughs) That if I have to die by mauling, give me Bart the bear. I don't want the one in backcountry. That thing is disgusting and vile. You, you want your death to be a beautiful death. I also think that it makes me feel more manly because Bart was fucking huge. And that other bear, uh, I mean, sizing them up, not quite as big. But I'll grant you that backcountry um, <laughs> is way more realistic about the things. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not knocking the film. Uh, you're going to get a completely different take. And it is, uh, it is horrifying. But uh, yeah, like. I, you know, I still am going to go with the edge, even over backcountry, just because I, that's how I prefer my bear to look. But Not on think about like the, story. I guess the, the final bear no. confrontations in the movies, where you get obviously Anthony Hopkins uh, using his book logic to make a spear and use the bear's weight against it, as opposed to uh, the Frenchman with his rock and and <laughs> don't kill me, don't kill me, and eventually <laughs> he just like drops the rock. He's like, I'm, you know, it's just going to happen. I actually felt like. And this is going to sound strange. I felt like the confrontation in the bear was more realistic than the one in the edge. 
because the edge feels like just complete luck <laughs> that like Alec Baldwin and Hopkins are able to fight this huge creature with sticks, basically slapping at him. The blue ruin him, of bear movies. Trying to get him to charge. And yeah, they, <laughs> you're right. That's actually a good pull. They sort of accidentally stumble into victory, like by, by falling down backwards. And it's just an, it's a clumsy fight. And I guess it's the only way you can realistically have, uh, Sir Tony Hopkins defeat Bart the Bear. But I guess at least in the bear, it's like, that's realistically the only chance you have is just to hope that this bear just takes mercy on you and walks away and loses interest. I, I actually thought it was more realistic. I, I, like, I was watching that scene the whole time. I was like, just jump. Like, just do it, man. It's going to be a lot quicker <laughs> and a lot less painful. Wouldn't you have felt like a dumbass, though, when you see that bear, like, as you're jumping <laughs> you off the cliff? He just t- yeah, I'm just, I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at that point the bear would have been reinterested and jumped with you just to see what happens. You're now you're riding the John Wick version of the bear, like some sort of crazy aerial fight down this cliffside. I think I just improved the film, sir. <laughs> but going back to the bookworm stuff, did that work oh. for you all in the edge? As far as because that that's the most awkward shit. Like I mean that. Mamet, I guess, can be accused of having awkward dialogue if it's not delivered. Like with his, I think with his direction or someone who really understands the material. And I don't think the director understood the material because every time they have to go, like, tell us, Sir Tony, tell us something else that's really smart and clever. And he's like, well, okay, you can do this. And then, you know, everyone just sort of awkwardly looks at him and then he, like, sort of shrugs it off, like, yeah, I'm a genius. Yeah, I'm smart. Ah, uh, you interested in books? Yeah, why can't you get your rifles out of it? Uh, what? I said, why can't you get your rifle sighted in? Oh, I need to rig up a bench rest. Well, an ironing board makes a good bench rest. No disrespect. Uh, I'm surprised you know what a bench rest is. Charles knows what everything is. Got a question to ask him. Charles knows everything. Take a mighty accomplished man to claim that. I didn't claim it. I don't claim anything. Can you ask him? You see if I'm wrong. Bet you can stump him. Oh, bet you I can. I tell you what, I will give you five dollars. You can tell me what's on the other side of this blade. It's a rabbit smoking a pipe. Hmm. <laughs> a rabbit smoking a pipe. <laughs> Why in the world would that be, Charles? Uh, well, it's a symbol of the uh, Cree Indians. On one side there's the panther, on the other his prey, uh, the rabbit. Uh, he sits unafraid. He smokes his pipe. It's a traditional motif. Why is he unafraid? Because he's smarter than the panther. Huh. Sir, you impress me. Oh, thank you. Amazing accomplishment. No, it's not a, an accomplishment. It's a freak. Is that so? Yeah. I seem to retain all these facts, but uh, putting them to any useful purpose is another matter. Hmm. But I, I never, I never really liked any of those scenes. I, I like them when he's under duress, when he's like adrenaline fueled, and it's like, okay, we, I need to pull this stuff out to survive. But when you're in those little cabin sequences. I thought those were kind of sitcom level bad. 
do you think that somebody that had a different rhythm could have pulled off those scenes better than uh, Anthony Hopkins? I mean, he's obviously a very accomplished actor and he's a great actor. No one would argue that, but maybe this material just didn't suit him. And if you would have had somebody like a, uh, that was a little bit more urban feeling like a Steve Buscemi, you know, he had somebody that feels like they're from the city that had that kind of intelligence behind them. And now at Steve Buscemi at this point in time, I think could have played a role like that and brought it more of an interesting delivery to it. That, that, that's an interesting, I hadn't thought of someone like that. I was thinking more, I know they offered the role to De Niro and I actually yeah. think he could have done that because with De Niro comes the baggage of his previous roles where you're like, yeah, that dude at some point could kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Like at some point in his prior history, he's, he was a badass. And there's, I love it in a sort of a cheesy way, but when Anthony Hopkins turns and it's like a close up, like zooming up to his face and he like tells uh, Baldwin, we're going to kill the motherfucker. His delivery of motherfucker <laughs> is so, uh, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I guess it's like if your grandpa dropped a motherfucker, like out of nowhere. And it's like, it's kind of funny, but it's funny just because Anthony Hopkins is not known for those type of lines and that sort of delivery. No. Yeah, he, he can be intimidating, but it's in a Hannibal Lecter kind of way, where he's calling you sir, but inside the sir is the motherfucker. Right. Where he actually puts it right out there on Front Street. It just doesn't work. I, I think I actually wanted him to, to go farther with his sort of losing it, I guess, in the wilderness. Like, I wanted, like, Anthony Hopkins, Lord of the Flies. Like, this is what I live for when he's out in the wild. Like, he's been reading about this for so long. You know, he just fully embraces it. Like, you know, smearing blood on his face and going bear hunting. So are you wanting the version where he sort of threatens that towards the end with uh, Baldwin? Yeah, I wanted him to, like, break. I didn't want him to threaten it. I wanted him to follow through, like, take well, this I mean, one step further. Where Baldwin says, you know, what are you going to do when you get back? And he says, he, it's like a throwaway line. He's like, yeah. maybe I'll never go back. Because I, I also think that, you know, I'm complaining about the opening sequences. I think the sort of bookend material of him with his wife, I don't think that stuff works either. Um, no. we've got the, like the journalists who are out there in the middle of nowhere. That's like, you know, what happened out there, sir? And he gets to like, turn around and like, look straight at the audience. Mr. Morse. Mr. Morse. Sir, we sir, understand. Mr. Morse. Mrs. Morse. Sir, Mr. Morse. Mrs. Morse. How did you feel during your husband's ordeal? Uh, we're all put to the test, but it never comes in the form or at the point we would prefer, does it? Mr. Morse, the other men, your friends. My friends. What happened to them, sir? How did they die, sir? They died, saving my life. All that stuff, I don't know. I, I think I'm just such a homer for bear movies as far as, like, I just want my bear to be the hero. And so... How, Barth- how many bear movies have you seen? Um, These are just, the three. We'll see. There's The Country Bears. Never seen it. Uh, it's bad. There's <laughs> Brother Bear, also mm, bad. True. <laughs> you have are head. these geared for anyone over 14? You have the bad news bears. Yeah, does that count? <laughs> There's a as you as you mentioned at the you know early in this review. I think the very first thing. There's an awful lot of uh, gay porn uh, with various you know 
very scary bears, you know. <laughs> now those physical confrontations, that's something to see. That that feels earned, totally earned. Um you're right. I mean there's not a lot of bear movies, but I like the uh I like the idea of bears be it as a villain or as a threat, just that I don't know, there there's a force of nature to them, which is one thing I really didn't like about the bear that they, I guess it's part of the premise that they're sort of demystifying the bear because you're just seeing him after the bear gets shot, he goes and like takes a mud bath and like yeah. wallers in his wound. And I like sort of like backcountry and also on the edge where if the bear shows up, it's like an oh shit moment. It's like yeah. something, it's recalling like our previous history where these like giant things could walk the earth almost like dinosaurs. And you're like, if you saw a bear in real life, you would be like, this is the first time I've seen something this massive, like in my presence. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one big yeah. flaw I have with the the Disney, the bear, or the French, the bear, whatever. I think whatever the, the scene where Anthony Hopkins is running from the bear is like a great example of that. It's like there's no bobbing and weaving, like because that bear is going through the trees. Mm. Like nothing is stopping him, direct path. And if you don't find that you know pile of lumber to crawl under, you're fucked. And then- Which makes the confrontation so weak. That you just fall down and the bear will jump on a stick, a very sharp stick, and then it's over. Um, I don't know if they could have improved it uh, in any way, but they could have gone, you know, they, they weren't afraid to go crazy, like with the ring of fire they have. That was like implausible. Like, where did all that shit come from? Infinite torches. (laughs) Yeah. Throw them down. Throw them all. Because in that sequence, I thought Alec Baldwin was like, I'm going to go like, you know, take a dump or go to sleep. I didn't know he was like preparing for war. I, I mean, it seemed like he had been working hard all day on their ring of fire. Like just in case we're going to have all these torches. So, um, I, I actually just agree with Shane that it's just it, the edge as much as I love it is terribly muddled. I would have loved to have seen just David Mamet direct this, but he probably thought, I think based on that book that this was beneath him. This was just a cash grab. This was just so he could fund, like, you know, his smaller budget films with, like, Steve Martin. Yeah, that's what um, he was saying in the book. I remember that, that he wrote to fund his uh, directing habit. That was the only reason he would write other people's screenplays for it. And sometimes it shows. But, you know, for it being just like a, you know, a stupid, you know, bear picture, as far as, like, men go out in the wild and kill a bear... He still classes it up. Like, even with the poor direction and some of the awkward delivery from Anthony Hopkins and even Alec Baldwin, he has to suffer at the very end with all of the... Uh, well, okay, so we're just so used to giving praise to David Mamet that we're more willing to throw Anthony Hopkins under the bus. And I just did it, saying that the dialogue maybe wasn't bad, it was the wrong choice for it. But if somebody like Anthony Hopkins can't deliver your dialogue, maybe it's not the best script. Nah, he also, Anthony Hopkins, I think, has shown that he's had poor taste at times. I mean, he did the instinct, right? When Didn't he, like, go out and become crazed by apes or something? Oh, well, fuck, that's right. He did do Wolf that. Wolfman. <laughs> Wolfman. <laughs> oh, instinct. What was that? That was an adaptation of that terrible hippie book. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, god damn it. I can't remember it. I, yeah, well, I'll, I'll look that up later. But, um, yeah, I between the two films, though. Um, which do you think is the better movie? And as a separate question, which one do you prefer? Are they the same? Uh, for me, they're the same. The uh, the Edge. I think they both have missteps in tone. Um, I think maybe the Bear is a clear art- artistic vision as far as this is exactly what he wanted to do. It's just it, it doesn't 
work for, I don't know, dumb Americans. Like, this is not, like, a children's story. This is, like, what's with all the weird LSD trips? Like, that sort of thing. The Edge, I'm complaining about the direction. I'm You know, the producer hated it. Uh, Alec Baldwin wasn't happy to be there. And I'm also wanting the main character, played by Tony Hopkins, I want him replaced with another actor. But I'm still going with The Edge just because it's it's better bear. It's just, you know, it's... It's a better premise. It's an easy hook to sell me on. I don't really, the, the children's bear just doesn't really work at all other than I like to look at, you know, bear documentaries, but that's it. The story is not great. You know, the story aspects is the worst part. I'd rather it just been those two bears just wandering around. I don't need the, the hunters as like animals. What about you, Shane? Do you kind of feel the same way on both accounts? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I think when Mike mentioned earlier the kind of going out of the nature doc mode that uh, you get for a lot of the movie, and when they do that, like it just the tone changes uh, enough to be distracting. I think, mm-hmm. and I and I don't, you know, the LSD trips didn't really do anything for me, and even the the hunter aspect of it. I mean, you get the kind of closure at the end where I guess Bart gets his respect in that movie, and and you know that he's kind of triumphed over them, so they're just going to let him go at this point instead of taking the cheap shot with the rifle. And I guess I appreciated the ending of, of the bear a little more. Uh, but I think the edge is just more fun, even in spite of the, you know, kind of the relationship drama they try to work in there with, is the photographer having an affair? Isn't he? That kind of stuff. Uh, it, it is, it is, it's better bear. Uh, and the stuff in, in the bear, like that could have been like, you know, really exciting and kind of, uh, I guess more, uh, action-packed uh you get from a distance you know specifically when the dogs are fighting the bear and chasing him and that kind of stuff uh and maybe it's because it was you know real animals and they didn't want to have them that close together which i, I totally get but uh you know <laughs> cgi that shit up in the 80s or thank something thank you like, for giving them a pass on that one yeah like, <laughs> i guess that you know what was this 88 they didn't really have the technology to like throw in a good you know cgi bear fight but you know well i mean michael vick hadn't made his money yet so they didn't have oh, ac- no. <laughs> they didn't yeah. have access to the stunt dogs <laughs> you just took up that dark place <laughs> <You> just- <laughs> you just say that because you're an eagles fan and the, the eagles are the ones that gave him a job back after i'm a eagles fan of fan. animals sir <laughs> Um, Chris, you've been awful quiet in this because I think we had this on the schedule for like three straight weeks, and you kept avoiding it until it came down to this Monday, and this is the only recording we're doing. So, and well, I it's kind of whatever I knew I would be on both the films where I respect the bear for what it did. Um, I enjoy watching the more documentary moments of it when the narrative does get slid in. I think it's kind of sloppy and doesn't work for me. Um, and I think that the same could be said in a way about um, The Edge, where the bear stuff is kind of not necessarily working for me, but the kind of double cross thing, I think where Mammoth's more comfortable in that, where it's the sort of these two people trying to get the better of one another, uh, man versus nature versus each other. I kind of appreciate that element of it and their sort of back and forth. But once the bear stuff go- comes in, it gets so over the top and crazy that I just want it to go even further. It's uh, it's kind of like it tries to have it both ways. Right. And if you're going to make a batshit crazy bear movie, you need to make a batshit crazy bear movie and not pull it back. So needed to go one way or the other, make it just the bear show up as this random thing in the third act that you don't see coming the whole time. And it just has this really cool turn all of a sudden that would be fantastic. But the 
adding the predatory nature of the bear to it, I think doesn't work for the film. Um, <laughs> you didn't like the, uh, the expository dialogue from the, like the, the cabin master is like, once they taste human flesh, yeah. man, man hunters for life. You know, <laughs> the, the, the movie's an hour and 52 minutes long. They, they could have easily shaved 20 or 30 minutes off of this movie. And agreed. The agreed. birthday party, the return but, home. <laughs> that, that being said, I guess. And the reason that I phrased the question the way I did was that I think that the bear is probably the better movie, the more impressive movie, but I have a hell of a lot of fun watching the edge. And I actually really enjoyed it this time around. Um, it was not unlike when we went back and watched um, uh, The Ninth Gate, where my expectation oh, was changed for that Jesus. one. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like The Ninth Gate. I my agree, goodness. Maynard. Pleasant surprise. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Oh, fuck. Recall back to that. I thought, you know, we could have that one so far back in our back catalog that people would forget, like, oh yeah, those idiots chose the Ninth Gate over Evil Dead Two. Hey, we picked up a Twitter follower for the Ninth Gate fan site. <laughs> <laughs> that one, so <laughs> so that, we did something. There was some good came out of that. We need to reach out to that freak out there that has a, a Ninth Gate Twitter account. Like, I think you even said it when that happened. Like the wonders of the internet. Like, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that was quick. So. Any final thoughts on uh, Backcountry that you get didn't get to say in the interview? Because I have a feeling that's where you want to direct our listeners to the new film to check out. Yeah, it's uh, currently on VOD right now, uh, playing in New York and L.A., I believe, uh, theatrically. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. You saw it also, Mike. I don't know if your reaction was the same as mine for it. But it's it's really kind of a relationship film that grows into the bear attack part. And when it comes, it is fucking brutal it's it's a lot of fun though i enjoyed the movie yeah i mean on a bear scale it would have it would have lost in this episode because i don't like the way they portray the bear in this like <laughs> you, you didn't have a handsome enough bear that bear Pretty was much. misunderstood and misrepresented <laughs> apparently there you go so actually i will use that as the best defense for backcountry right there that's the guy that prefers the edge so yeah that's your voice of reason if you're going to listen to that. If you want to, if you want to truck with that guy, go ahead and watch The Edge this weekend. If you actually want to watch a really good movie, go out and watch Backcountry. How do you know there are not people out there that, you know, like handsome bears? I'm also going to hashtag this episode, Handsome Bears, and see how many <laughs> listeners we can pick up. And do they, in fact, like bear movies, the animal? I doubt it, but I don't care. We, we appeal to the Ninth Gate Twitter account. Sure. Handsome Bears. All the way. Ah, oh, God, handsome you know bears. That, you know that it. Twitter handers type I, I taken somewhere. That, there you go. That's going to be the fourth pillar that will be our sort of podcast network. <laughs> handsome bears. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, can we make a podcast called that? The, the handsome bears. <laughs> I feel like it would require a lifestyle change on at least one person's part for it to be applicable. <laughs> I'll jump on that grenade. <laughs> Well, all right, Maynard, you've got you've got the most hair, so I think you yeah, have to. That's so a great point. it's for the podcast.
for outstanding achievement in sound effects editing are... Okay, wait. I'm sorry. Okay, I know we're not supposed to make political speeches during the Oscars, but someone must speak for those who cannot speak. Throughout its 70 years, the Academy Awards have focused only on the achievements of people. Like, people are so good. <laughs> the Academy has overlooked and besmirched, oh yes, I said besmirched. <laughs> the contributions that animals have made to motion pictures, and I'm going to do something about it right now. Yes, people! Ladies and gentlemen, the star of 11 motion pictures, including Clan of the Cave Bear, Legends of the Fall, and most recently, The Edge, Bart the Bear. Thank you.